Hello, and welcome to the Games About Glory. I'm your host, Milo, and joining me are Ram and Simon. Hello, chaps. Hey, Milo. Hello. Welcome back, Simon. So there's the big news. So we bring back the big guns. It's good to have you back. How are you doing? I think this is a nice, a very wise choice by you. I'm ready, uh, <laughs> and I'm uh, here to entertain the crowd. You're Twitter's biggest evangelical, aren't you? You've been lauding the big man for for a while now, so it's... Uh, yeah, I've been, I have to say, I've been uh, balls deep in uh, propaganda uh, and <laughs> propaganda these past days. And I don't regret it, uh, despite all the new haters. Uh, but I'm really excited. It's actually not just for clout, it's for uh, it's genuine excitement for the first time in months, it feels like. I look forward to hearing a bit more about that. So, as we've said, we've got a new manager, so we've rushed to the studio to have a chat about them and find out what we can expect, or have a chat about what we think we can expect. So, as announced earlier today, Ange Postacoglu has joined the club on a four-year deal. He joins us from Celtic, where he won the title twice, the Scottish League Cup twice, and the Scottish Cup in a two-year spell. Before Celtic, he managed Yokohama Marinos in Japan, where he won the J-League. He's won the Asia Cup with Australia, beating sunny South Korea in the final. He's won the A-League four times, twice each with Brisbane. Brisbane Raw and South Melbourne FC and the OFC Champions League with South Melbourne and a sack of other titles with the Australian national youth sides. Plays attacking football, high press, he's tactically astute, players and fans love him. This is what we've been craving after four years of counter-attacking and tough love. So guys, what do you think of the appointment? Are you excited? Um, I'll go first, Simon, if you don't mind, just because I feel like uh, I've got... Oh, I don't mind. <laughs> I've got quite limited uh, knowledge on um, old Ange and I think you, you'll be able to teach me a few things throughout this pod. So um, uh, what do I think of this appointment? I'll tell you what I thought when his name was um, initially mentioned and over the last few weeks, I was pretty underwhelmed, um, mainly because I didn't know anything about him. So uh, I just thought, well, that's the barometer for me at the moment because of the managers we've had recently, you know, even though uh, it's been very limited in terms of success. But, um, you know, normally, you know, a little bit about a manager when they're coming in. But I've got to say over the last, you know, since his name's kind of really come to the fore, I've just done a bit more reading about him. And mainly I've listened to people probably like yourself, Simon and and Milo, who uh who do know a bit more about him. I've listened to what Celtic fans have to say about him. Uh, I've listened to um, what people in Australia have said about him, of, of, you know, when, when he was managing there. And now I'm excited. I'm excited now because I feel like, I feel like he could be just the tonic that this club mm-hmm. needs. Um, and he comes, I think it's, it could actually be uh, a, a big positive that he isn't coming with a big reputation and he is coming with s- somewhat something to prove. What do you think, Simon? Uh, yeah, as I mentioned, I'm I'm really excited. I think this is. I think you kind of have to go back a little bit and to deconstruct uh, why he's a good choice to actually understand why. At least I think it's a good choice. So we come from this period of playing a certain way, this mm-hmm. very win now mentality, mm-hmm. uh, with big name coaches like Jose and uh, and Conte, and to me. Even though I think a lot of people feel like that was a misstep, if you give the club credit, I think there was a logic with Jose in 2019. We had a squad that just been in the final. We had a lot of players in their prime, Kane, Son, Jan, Toby, Eriksson, Dele, and so on. And so having a, a strategy of winning now made sense. That failed. Then we had that whole kind of mess up with Nuno where we 
went from one strategy to another, but eventually we came back to the same strategy. What's changed now uh, when Conte came in was that the, the, the age of the squad and the makeup of the squad had changed. Still had Joe, we still had Son, we still had Kane, uh, we still had players in their prime who we desperately wanted to give this win a trophy moment to. Loris is someone I forgot. Mm. Now, Conte failed as well. So at this period of time, you have to look at where, where we are. We have a, mm-hmm. a, a squad that's you know built for one thing. Clearly, the fan base and the club is not culturally fit for what we've tried to do the, these yeah. last past couple of years. We want to totally change where we're going. We go, go from this negative you know, more physical style to a mere possession-based, attacking, forward-going style. Mm-hmm. And so you have to look at the squad and you go, okay, there's a obvious rebuild here. Mm-hmm. And any coach that comes in would have the negativity to deal with, you know, the development of the academy part to deal with, the, 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 this, the transition period of, you know, finding the right players and, 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 you know, basing us in a new system. And looking mm-hmm. at the options we had, I thought Poch and Nagelsmann were perfect for that. They were mm-hmm. experienced. Uh, uh, they had the right, you know, uh, mentality. They play a, a fun type of football. I thought Poch was the best uh, choice, not only based on the fact that I love him and we all love him and he understands and knows the club, but also because he, I thought he could do something with this mishmash of of squad, I thought he could service Kane and Son and develop you. He didn't happen. Okay, now we have Nagelsmann, still a great choice. He didn't happen. Then you have to look at lesser choices. Now you're talking about Slot, Endike, Zerbi, Amorim, and so on. And when you look at those names, you realize that because they're lesser names, they will all work against the grain. They will. Every one of those names will both not have the pedigree in a way where they give, they're given patience. And I started looking at it, who could do the, uh, what we need them to do on the pitch, but also sustain those bad times? Who has the skill to bring this club together, to get the fans on side, to represent the culture we want? And that's when Ange started to perkle up as like a much better choice than, than Slot or Zerbi or Amori because he plays such exciting football. He's such a big personality. He's positive. He has experience uh, rebuilding squads and rebuilding clubs. Yeah. And I kind of felt like he was someone that could sustain a period of bad time when you have to communicate to the players, to the club, to the fans, where we're going, what we're doing, mm-hmm. and why it's not working, and so on. And I thought... It, that's something that I really missed with Conte and Jose and Nuno, bad mm-hmm. communicators. Mm-hmm. And for when we when we are a club with basically no communications going towards the fan, uh, that that coach mm-hmm. needs to be have that potch yeah. personality, charisma uh, that we can gather around. And that's why I really uh, think this is a great appointment. Yeah, I mean, I think it's quite interesting. You, know, I think you're right when you talk about that rebuild, but. I think also when you look at the candidates that we we know we looked at, so, you know, Nagelsmann, we know that we talked to Slot, all these people, you know, we know that we've talked, you know, we obviously talked and, and recruited Postacoglu. Um, all of them, 
in terms of their playing style, not identical, but there are a lot of similarities there. You know, we're all we're looking at managers there that are close or you're kind of emulating you know Pep style effectively, which you know both you know the the team that won the Premier League and the team that came second in the Premier League were built on similar foundations. I think you know when you look at that. I think as a as a recruitment campaign, I know that everyone's kind of lost their shit when you know Nagelsmann announced that he wasn't coming. You know the slot deal <laughs> fell through and he, he stayed at Feyenoord. Uh, but actually, I think there's a, you know, there's some consistency there in in the approach. We've looked for players who you know, managers who play in a certain way, and I think it's also interesting when you look that we, it also looks like we're trying to emulate Man City off the field as well in terms of our structure and and how we're setting ourselves up there. So I think there's an idea there about what we're trying to do and you know realistically when you look at the clubs that are run best in the Premier League you know Man City Brighton are you know the two that stand out um you know iffy money aside and stuff like that in terms of their operation they're they're really smart so it it makes sense to me I think and in terms of Postacoglu you know he wasn't uh, you know like you're saying Simon I think Nagelsmann and and, and Poch were my first choice but but I also wanted a, a manager who was going to be able to fit into the structure because I think the problem we've had at them, we've had over the last few years, is it's been built around the personality of who's in the dugout. Mm. And I think, you know, as a club, we've lost our identity. We need to establish a way of playing, and you know, this is how Spurs play, and this is our transfer strategy. These are the type of players we sign. And once we've established that, then actually choosing managers, choosing coaches to fit into that is is going to be a lot easier. And you know, that's what we saw with Brighton. You know, Brighton lost Potto's, you know, the most successful manager in recent history they replaced him with someone that very few people in this country had heard of um and they've got better and we mm. need to get ourselves into that kind of position so simon have you have you watched or you know i know you know a bit about his teams have you watched much of his celtic I mean, what did you think of them i mean i've, I've I started uh, watching celtic you know a couple of weeks ago when he was one of the five choices so i want i wouldn't say that i'm a, a big fan of <laughs> Scottish football in general. Uh, And I also started, you know, doing the research and, you know, reading scouting reports and watching highlights from Japan and documentaries Mm. and stuff like that. And you pretty quickly, because he does play this similar style to Pep, and we pretty quickly understand the basis of his tactical, you know, Mm. uh, approach, which is, you know, back a 4-3-3, back four, inverted fullbacks, a lone pivot six to eight um, that basically uh, live between the lines. And then um, in Celtic, from what I understand, it's, it's a little bit different because he had a striker that was basically mm. because he defends from the front and uh, the team presses really intensely. The striker had like this mm. big uh, focus, uh, Kugo, I think his name is, to, to press and be a hard worker, grifter, run a lot but maybe not the most involved player on the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and then basically two wings that play really wide to stretch mm-hmm. the opponent and and then basically create chances 1v1 against the, the opposition fullback. And that's, I mean, carbon copy to what uh, Poch does, Arteta mm-hmm. does, uh, to some extent okay. what Slot does. Yeah, I think it's... Um... It's going to be interesting. I say that pressing, particularly. Um, I mean, ten, obviously, after losing the ball, presses very intently and then drops into a four-four-four-four-two um, to defend, yeah. and then uh, and the front two will press. Um, so very, very aggressive, and it'll be interesting it's, to see. I mean, it's so aggressive. It's, it's. I think you know, poch early poch is something people might 
you know, could ref- mm. give a reference to on, on, on when it comes to Spurs. It's really aggressive because and a really high line. And I mean, in terms of you know what what it does to our squad, you mm. could theoretically see a couple of our players succeed in the system. Yeah. But, but, hold, but hold, that is we'll, hold that thought. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. We'll come. We'll come back <laughs> yeah, to yeah. that. Ram, no, I'm just going to say it's a different way. So, <laughs> Ram, have you seen much of his teams? So... Or I, I haven't seen too much of his teams. I've I've more read than mm-hmm. seen actually. Yep. But um, but from what I've read, it it does kind of remind me a little bit. Uh, and and Simon just alluded to it now. You know that those Poch teams where we we obviously played and we dominated possession mm. and we and we we played on the front foot. But also when we broke, there was like eight players running at the opposition. You know, so that it wasn't just like like if you think about what's been happening the last few last couple of seasons or three seasons where yeah. <laughs> it's been like we break and then it's like well we need to find Kane and then hopefully someone's running on. It was like it was like a yeah. wall of white yeah. coming at but- you. Um, and I love that. I loved watching us play um, yeah. then, and and so if that if it's anything like that, um, and I think also like the, you know the last few teams that won the league. When you look at Liverpool and City, they they they're the two kind of standout that do that four three three. Liverpool, you know, as well uh, now um, haven't necessarily had a uh, when they had Firmino, who was someone who works hard, who who helped the team around him, but didn't necessarily. He wasn't a twenty season, goal a season striker, you know. Um, so yeah, I'm, I that. That, that to me is all positive because if we're trying to emulate teams that are winning the league and winning Champions Leagues, and I'm not saying we're going to do that, you know, uh, straight away or or maybe not ever. You know, I, I remain positive, but if we're if that's the direction we're headed in, then then I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean, in terms of attacking, you know, that four four two defensive shape morphs into a two three a five effectively with. Simon was saying you've got two centre backs, you know, the the mm. full backs tucking in to join midfield and then number eight's pushing up to join the attack in the half spaces with the wingers wide. There might be different ways that we use that. With Porro in the team, you probably don't want him in central midfield. That doesn't seem like a great use of him, but there's <laughs> I think you're gonna you you'll you'll see the shape will be that and that back line is gonna be in the opponent's half in most of those games. Mm. So but I, yeah, one and thing and I, I said just to sorry, sorry. Simon. Of course, I'm no, I was going to say the, the update I would say on Poch and Klopp, and I think Klopp has updated on himself, is that inverted thing where yep. you know mm. Trent starts to drift inside and become a midfielder. Yeah, that's the difference from Poch Spurs, where you know the the fullbacks are really up wide and crossing. Here, it's more like they tuck in and become midfielders, and then you know the wingers go wide, and you can. Play so are we saying Emerson Royal? Emerson yeah, exactly. Royale is going to be our midfield general. I love it. I love it. <laughs> on that, I mean, he did. He did play more centrally under. Yeah, he did. Yeah, 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 for a little while, and he did pretty good. Well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, after um, Benton Kerr got injured, um, mm. particularly those games against Milan, he was tucking into midfield to help Siren Skip, and we saw that more. And obviously, he's not great sticking wide he wants to come inside so that is something that we saw him do I mean I think where someone like Emerson Rail is going to suffer is that you know, in, in the use of the ball and that mm. quick passing you know he's he's a fight he's he's okay in um you know passing safe and things like that but he's not really mm. um you know particularly good in, in kind of aggressive use of the ball um but you know we he might we're not going to make all these changes in one year and I think no. in, yeah. you know, in the short term He's probably a player who's useful. Sorry, Simon, you're going to go. Yeah. Ahead. I mean, no, I'm just going to say, like, to to tag on what you're saying is like the big, you know, 
thing is your defenders have to be really good on the ball. Your goalkeeper yeah. has yeah. to be really good on the ball. And what's interesting about him, and, and I'll read a quote from him when we start talking about the more what we need to change with the squad. He has really interesting, you know, philosophies around positionless players and mm. he wants everyone to be able, you know, in his ideal setup, everyone can play pretty much a little bit everywhere. Yeah. And they, yeah. and that's everything is about, you know, how do I keep possession and dominate the game that way? And mm. it's the total opposite from this very static way Conte played out from the back. Like it's these patterns yeah. that are really rigid. This is the opposite. This is, you know, really good players. And and how do I sell, how do I solve for overloads? How can I make sure that there's always a player free? There was a really interesting interview with I think it was De Berner a few weeks ago where he was ta- he was asked about training under Pep, and he said the two things they train most are goal kicks and pressing, and he said they don't do much else. And goal kicks is because that you know, it's how you play out from the back. What's the structure of mm-hmm. that? How do you move that forwards? And pressing because you have to do it as a unit. And you can't, you can't, you know, we saw that when we were trying to, when we had a go at pressing in the odd game this season. (laughs) And it's, you know, if you don't do it as a whole team, then you leave yourself exposed. And I I think you probably find something similar with Postacoglu. And, you know, say Simon, let's morph into that question around how well we think the squad fits. Because, I mean, the obvious thing to me, other than maybe the fullbacks, and I think maybe the number eights, they're all a bit, there's probably not enough goals there at the moment. Can I read the quote just before we move on? So... Because we're talking about it. Yep, go on. This is what Andy says. The more I can free players from positional constrictions, the happier I get. But the crazier it gets. Can I get players not thinking they're midfielders or defenders or attackers? And can we get our game even more fluid? Experienced players tend to know the pitfalls of football. To convince them to take risks can take a bit of time. Whereas young players are like a sponge. They don't need they don't know the pitfalls of playing out from the back. What conceding from that feels like. They are braver. So that's mm. a little bit about his uh, his uh, mm. his ideal. And I think like that's what Arteta tries to do. That's what Pep mm. tries to do. Yeah. So that's what we're facing guys. It's total football. Total football. <laughs> in in terms of the squad fit, I think say other than those positions, I think the other one that springs up obviously, you know, the back line, we're gonna need some pace. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're pushing our centre backs up past the halfway line, yeah, I can't I see any. It, I can't see it, any of our centre backs other than Romero being comfortable with that. That's that's the only player that naturally fits into yeah. being comfortable on ball, being comfortable under pressure, being quick and strong enough, and have the intelligence to see counters and being able to step up. So he would need maybe more of a sweeper defender, yeah, a really aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, still a really um, fast, strong player, good on the ball, good on the pressure, um, a lefty, preferably, uh, uh, young, um, pre- preferably somewhere you know close to, to Romero so we can partner them for the next couple of years. And then there's the fullbacks, and I think mm. this is going to be the big discussion. Um, I mean, we have the keeper, obviously, uh, but that's just... You know, it's a, a Raya, it's a, a, you know, a young Sanchez or, yeah. or someone like that. But when it comes to the fullbacks, the only player that's really maybe suited for the inverted fullback role is Udoga. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he likes to play more centrally. He likes to tuck in. He likes to do that more than he likes to go out wide. He likes to drive towards the, the, the box. He's really good on the ball. He's strong. He's fast. He can defend. When it comes to Poro, 
I mean, I guess he could do that. I mean, he's not bad mm-hmm. on the ball. He's technical. But it's really not his strong suit. His, his wide is where he really excels. Yeah. So and what, what you can do here is you can, you, can, you can keep someone like, you know, Davis and Emerson, and then you can play lopsided, where Emerson tucks in when you have Destiny on the pitch, or, you know, da- Davis tucks in and you let Poro go out wide. Um, but, you know, plays like Sessegnon, Regalon, um, Perisic, yeah, I don't see it. No, I don't see it at all. I think, yeah, and in that system, one of one of your eight sticks and and the the uh, Poro pushes forward, doesn't he? I think one of the other interesting ones potentially is whether Decky could be one of those eights um, in this system. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Mm. I I personally think that he can play because this is the problem we have. We have inverted fullbacks, and we have fullbacks that don't really fit the inverted role, and we have wingers in in Kulusevski and Son more Son than Kulusevski that aren't really. You know, line, that line line huggers. Play, yeah, yeah they're, they're not line huggers like that. They're, they're better yeah. when you have them closer to the box. So, mm. and also, what does inverted mean? Like, yeah. inverted for for a lot of people means you know you're a lefty when you play on the uh, on the right and, and so on. But here it's more where you are on the pitch. Yeah. So mm. it doesn't mean. So let's say Poro plays on the right and he's inverted. He's still right footed. So you want him to go out wide and cross his cross in uh, and same. The doggo is left-footed, so you want him to, to go yeah. wide. But if he's left-footed, you want Gil, who's left-footed too, but likes to play on the left side. You want to have two yeah. left-footed players on the... So that's the kind of math you get into. There's kind of... Um, mm. Like if Son and Kuzeski tuck in, okay, then you maybe want Poro and and uh, Davis because both of them like to go wide. But yeah. is Davis good enough one we want to create you know chances against players? Um, not really. Is Son good enough one v one to create chances? He's probably better, you know, tucked in and gets gets to that sweet spot where he can shoot. So it's 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 going to be a math problem for Ange until we fix the squad in a way that gives him more options. Yeah, I think Son's probably best as a striker in in an Ange side. Because you asked about the eights and mm. the six. This is another big problem. Where not a problem. It's a uh, it's a sticky situation of picking. So we have the six who has to be really press resistant. And it's almost like a playmaker. Yeah. And we don't really have that player. So, no. I mean, Skip is not really press resistant. Bisuma is press resistant, but I don't know if he's a playmaker. So Skip could probably, you know, learn and become an understudy. But we, could, we should probably get that, you know, amazing six. And then you have these eight roles where they can be someone like Bentancor or Hoiberg or Bisuma who could do a little bit of both, or Sar, or they could be Ndombele and Lucelso and Winks. Like in theory, you could have, have one eight play a little bit more like a defensively and cover up mm. for maybe a Poro when he he runs forward. And you can have a, someone like Ndombele on the other side as a more 10 creator who doesn't do that kind of stuff. So we have basically, what's that, six or five, six or seven midfielders where yeah. we have to pick who to choose, I, who to sell. I, yeah, I, I have I have I have concerns about Ndombele playing further forwards in this system just because pressing it doesn't come naturally to him. But we've got a squad review at the weekend, so our next episode is going to be that. So we probably don't need to do a deep dive into into all of the players now. In terms of 
kind of Postacoglu, should we be concerned that he hasn't managed in a top five league or you know, do we have any concerns about that? Ram, what do you think? That was an initial concern for me, for sure. Um, but I actually, I, I did think about that when, you know, when, when he was first mentioned and things like that. But you look at some of the managers that have come, I mean, look, I mean, look at Arsene Wenger. You know, mm-hmm. as one example, you know, who's who's come from, who uh, did good things in the Japanese league and then came over, you know, and um, and even Poch, uh, you know, he did he did obviously uh, come go to Southampton, but he was still a relative unknown in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, he he when he when he came to us. Um, so no, no, I'm not concerned anymore by things like that because I think history has proved especially recent history now there's been um, a number of managers that have come through you know um, and uh, not I'm not just talking about us but in general yeah. you know in, in world football that have come through from nowhere and you know and, and kind of made a name for themselves and they haven't necessarily had to um, you know like like for example oh well you need to start in the Premier League with a with a with a lower to mid table club and then and then work your way up yeah, and I think like I mean everyone was getting you know hyped about Vincent Company. Everyone was getting hyped about Slot. Yeah, exactly. Gallardo. Gallardo. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They they haven't managed in a in a top league, and I I think actually I think there's I, I find people who take unusual paths interesting. Yeah, I mean mm. Graham Potter, you know, where he was managing university sides and then you know abroad and then you know come back through Swansea and you know Brighton what have you. I think is an interesting career path. Of course, in my my country in Sweden, yeah, which is. The, like, yeah, so such a bad league. And you know, I do wonder <laughs> whether you know some of these, some of the kind of more hyped kind of ex-players who go into management, if they started off where Postacoglu started off, if they had the same background, where would they have got to? And I think you know it's taken him a long time to get here because there aren't many job opportunities for Australian coaches. You know, the same as no, we've never, isn't. same as we have, we've never seen an African coach. Um, you know, managing in you know major European leagues, and that's not because there aren't good coaches there. It's just because there aren't the opportunities. And mm. you know, so I think it's interesting he's taken this path, and I think he's, you know he's going to have different experiences and different views to maybe some of the more obvious, you know, people who hung out their boots three years ago and have landed, you know, walked straight into a decent job, and you know, they'll be coming in kind of second job that's kind of my view i think um simon what do you think i said that at the time i mean i said that at the time i think how you process his career basically probably has to do with your life experience like mm. i mm. come from uh i'm an immigrant my mom's a nurse like when i try to get through as a tv producer i didn't know anyone i had to work a lot harder take the long way to get you know to to those rooms where I had an opportunity to succeed. And I think if you had that kind of path, and you know, there's thousands of versions of that path, you kind of understand how close off an industry could be. And I mean, mm-hmm. the European League, I mean, basically every coach are from the five, from these five countries. Yeah. And they're ex-players, they've been in the industry their whole life. They, you know, they have a friend and only agent or they're friends to a friend to a friend. So if you come from the other side of the planet, that's the path you have to go. And if you started to coach in nine to five, when we didn't even have the internet like now, yeah. I mean, you know, we didn't even know that there was an Australian league. How <laughs> were, were you supposed to get a job in '95 or 2001 yeah. or 2005? I mean, now is when it's you know, was the, last year was the first year we had an American coach. So yeah. that's one part of it, and the other part when it comes to you know being worried about his his you know his qualifications. I mean, I've said this before here when we've talked. It's to me, it comes down. Yeah, I mean. When if if that's your worry, you have to explain to me. You have to break it down. Like what exactly is it 
that you worry for, for uh, mm. uh, what you worried about. Because to me, there's a plan and then there's execution. And to me, you know, proof of concept is shown that his plan works. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And then you know you go okay, but Celtics are dominating in in the league in Scotland. Yeah, that's because he had the players that were better. Yeah. And you know, I, I when I posted that. For those who don't don't know, I posted a clip of them playing Real Madrid and them, you know, you know, basically having the better of Real Madrid for the first half. You saw the plan works. Why they lost three zero is because you know the execution isn't. You know, we would yeah. have scored four goals that first half, but then you know Madrid are just better in the end, so they mm-hmm. win the game. So I think like if you poke in those kind of arguments pretty pretty quickly. It just comes down to feeling, like it doesn't feel good. Ram, what that, do you think? Yeah, that, well, that's it. I think all, all we can go by is what um, is where he's been and what he's done um, in, in the leagues that he's been in. And he's been an unequivocal success everywhere he's gone. Um, so just because he doesn't have you know the Hollywood lights of Premier League or, or Bundesliga or Serie A or whatever, you know, it, the fact is everywhere he's gone, he's made a he's made a, a massive contribution to the club he's been at, and and he's uh, and he's made a difference, and he's cha- he's changed, you know, he's he's brought his style in, his culture, everything that he wants um, his team to be, uh, how he wants it modelled, and and it's been a success. So that's what we should be basing it on. Yeah. You know, in any other industry, it would be the same thing. You know, like you kind of go, well, he or she has come from uh, this this organization and this is what they've done. And then they've moved to that one. It doesn't necessarily need to be a big, big name organization. You know, you look at the person, the individual and see what, they, see what they've done. If anything, um, it's the, the other way around, right? It's like hmm. he succeeded despite all the, the, it, well, exactly. the obstacles. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like that's what we need. I mean, yeah. I said that today. Like we're a club, like a coach nobody believes in. Coaching leading a club nobody believes in. It sounds perfect yeah. to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, when he again went from the academy to first team, people said he wasn't good enough. When he went to Australia mm. to Japan, people said he wasn't good enough. When he went to mm. Japan to, to Celtic, people said, "Fuck who? Who?" Yeah, and he's proven over and over again that 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 he can do it. I'd, I mean, I've been doing research on this, and, and I can tell you that the ball is still round in Scotland, and they've still got eleven players on a team. <laughs> and you know, this is the kind of detail. But you know, and I think, but you know, people, you've heard, I've heard people saying, "Oh, you know, Stephen Gerrard was a success in Scotland, or you know, Brendan Rodgers was a success in Scotland, or what have you." But I think what's different here is that he's astute tactically, and mm. you know what? And I think the tactics transfer because. Firstly, you know, we've said the top two teams in the league last season play very, very similarly to how he wants to play. Um, yeah. And he's doing smart things there. And I think that transfers. And what's more, he's doing smart things with players who aren't as good as he'll be able to get in the Premier League. So if anything, he should be able to, you know, if he's got lesser players playing in that way, and that's what he's done all the way through his career, mm. when he's got better players at his disposal, he should be able to do more. Um, so, it, you know... Yeah. Exactly. I mean, and also, I mean, you, this is such a lazy comparison because you have to look, what was the state of Celtic when he came in? How quickly did he change it? Yeah. How did he change it? Yeah. And how did he succeed? And, I mean, that's the, that's the actual, you know, context of, and, you know, assessing. And, and yeah. And, but also in terms of kind of how they've played, I think the yeah. Celtic team last season was the highest scoring Celtic team since the 1930s. 
in terms of wow. like, like goals in the league. So it doesn't matter that they're in a... And they yeah. Celtic, before he came in, ended up 20 points below yeah. Rangers. So yeah. that's the distance. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, final question before we go. And I think I feel like we should have had someone that's really negative. <laughs> <laughs> Is Ange the right person to make us fall in love with Tottenham again? Ram, are you ready to fall in love? I'm ready to fall in love. I think that he is from from what I've heard from from fans of Celtic. Um, I think he he could be the guy because all he needs to do is just make us fun to watch again. Yeah. And I'll and and th- that's how that's how easy I am. I, I'm a cheap date. Did you and, did you, know, you renew your season ticket? I did. I waited until the day. <laughs> and then I, and then yeah, I was close. I was close, and then and I was still saying oh, I'm not going to do it, and but I knew I was. So about two p.m. It was five p.m. deadline. Two p.m. I handed my money over. <laughs> Fixtures are out next week. Yeah, be interesting to see who we got. Simon, are you ready to fall in love? I mean, I'm I'm dangerously in love. Is, is that the title of the song? <laughs> well, so you, I said it yeah, like but, this. I said like having a calming, positive presence, a former former academy player, a former academy coach, player developer, elite talent spotter at the helm during a transitional period. I mean, to me, it's starting to look like a carefully considered decision. And that's how I feel. I feel like he can't lose, really, because even if he ends up being here for two years, he's the right coach for this moment in time. And I just want to underline this, him being a, a, a great communicator and human being yeah. that we can all kind of, you know, get around as a club and is what I feel is the most important thing, because I think um, that's what we, we need to sort out our identity, who we are, you know, outside the pitch for it to even start to work on the pitch so yeah yeah, yeah. two thumbs up for me nice <laughs> so based on the most uh, recent occupant of our stadium i think we're all gonna be crazy in love aren't we by the autumn <laughs> gonna lose 10 nice. 10 5 but it's gonna be beautiful game. <laughs> i love it that that i'm happy with that i'm that's, happy that's with back. that <laughs> thanks guys that was fun Thanks, um, Thanks, Milo. <laughs> we'll be back as usual next week to review our squad, do a bit of a transfer window preview. And now we've got a manager. We know what we're actually looking for, a slightly better idea anyway. Um, so it's going to be easier. Um, anyway, thanks for joining us and we'll see you then. Bye. See you guys. <laughs>